Welcome to the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast. My name is Ann Garten. I will be your host today, and I am so excited to have Lindsay Horitz with us from here on campus in our own counseling services. Um, Lindsay, would you introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners? Yes. Hey, so I'm Lindsay Horitz, and I started here with the SAU Counseling Center around COVID time uh, about not this last fall, but the fall before that was my Um, First time here on campus, and so I do a lot of outreach and prevention work. I have a small caseload for individual students, but the main goal that we're working on this year was to um, work on the negative stigmas associated with mental health, specifically seeking out treatment. So a lot of our programs have been around that this year. Excellent. Welcome. So Lindsay and I got talking, and we really wanted to share things that are going on, not just at St. Ambrose, but across the United States around brain health and mental health, right? Um, And in in our college and university campuses, because what we know to be true is if we are holistically healthy, then we are able to engage better in our learning, right? And I did a little reading, and in that reading, I found a statement that said 64% of college students with mental health needs dropped out. And that made me go, wow. And, and I think even now that we have, are coming hopefully out of the pandemic and into an endemic, not gonna, I'm not going to say we are yet, but hopefully, right? Then um, we're seeing some things evolve and, and we're also knowing that uh, folks hear more about brain health now. And, and I wonder if you can give a little light of, of what's going on in the world of college campuses and, and uh, we'll start there. Sure. So kind of working with the stigma too, it's interesting how we're kind of talking about brain health um, versus or the same as mental health. And a lot of times I've been um, working at different places and they would want you to steer away from more of the mental health terms just because of the stigmas associated with it, um, which, you know, isn't necessarily the most helpful. But if we kind of reframe our mind to think of more brain health, mental health is health, then we're able to kind of address the symptoms when they come up. A lot of people, you know, they often think that I'm having this symptom of maybe so much worry where I'm doing poorly on tests or I have such low mood, I'm not going to class, and that maybe this will just pass or maybe this is me not being strong enough to be able to combat these symptoms. And so if we think of them as just symptoms and what to do about those symptoms and relate it to mental health, we're able to push through that and actually, you know, function the way that we are capable of doing so. Indeed, and I think we have to recognize that our students uh, in in uh, any college and university have life stressors, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then we encourage them to go to school, and we put those stressors on, right? As well as all of the other activities they may want to get involved in, and and we see then those stressors not always. Um, being pr- productive. We lose, there's a certain amount of healthy stress. Would you say that? Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then it, it's too much stress and not being able to handle some of those other normal day-to-day with the added st- pieces of higher ed, we end up becoming unhealthy or and or unproductive, right? And so what we want to do is set people up for success. So how does that look like on most colleges and universities across campus, including here at St. Ambrose? When you come onto campus, how do we help folks 
be mental health or brain healthy. Yes, awesome. So two things I want to kind of make sure I point out with with what you were just saying. So for for stress and anxiety, stress is good for you. Anxiety is good for you. We all um, typically have it and it's for motivation. Stress is for, you know, if something dangerous is is happening to you, you may not be fully aware of it. It's kind of warning signs that we need. Anxiety, same thing, kind of motivating, giving you that extra energy to fulfill it. Now, if those things are piling on too much, that's when it can start to affect different health symptoms. And then so for college campus too, um, I'm really focusing on, especially next year, I start a little bit this year with just a maybe pinpointing a little bit more of the adjustment symptoms. So that can be acute or ongoing. A lot of times it is acute and you, you receive that when you're you know, you're first starting out, maybe being a freshman or you're transitioning to this this school or what other school have you, you are in this new environment. Maybe some things happened to you when you were younger that you didn't necessarily address um, that may be activated when you're on college campus, uh, the different stressors. So all of that new change is essentially what we need to focus on to overcome so we can get you on to this next chapter of life that you have. So like, for instance, the resources, um, get into that a little bit. Next year, I'm going to be doing more for freshman groups and new transfer groups for just adjusting to campus. So even if you're, it's so stressful for you, you're worried about making new friends or you're worried about going to that meeting because you don't know anyone or you're afraid, you know, what people are going to think about you. These types of support groups, I'm going to have other peers with me as well um, so they can give their input on these groups. We're hoping to develop more of a sense of you're not alone community so then we can kind of move through those different symptoms if that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think most um, universities and and colleges are looking at helping develop coping skills Mm -hmm. because we are leaving our pod, right? And and not all of us, some of us are non-traditional students, but we have a new pod that we're Mm -hmm. in. And so we're helping develop those different skills in different ways. And, And it takes a village. Right. So who besides in our counseling department would you say is our village in, in most higher ed? Oh, yes. So I that's what I love about the college setting because we, we are kind of more of a system. We have the different needs are met, you know, kind of in different ways. So you're not fully reliant on the counseling center, such as you have the ARC. They do a lot of different accommodations. Um, sometimes we get in with people maybe wanting different accommodations with either class or their living situation all accommodations go through the ARC um, for more a spiritual path we have you know the whole the whole um, kind of the ministries um, on campus here they have different aspects of their retreats so that's really great you can kind of go get away to a new environment and really process different situations that you're in you can even just go into the chapel sometimes I talk about this with my individual clients where they're just needing a quiet place to just process their thoughts and just that chapel just sitting there in a pew not worrying about anyone else because it is you know culturally we are acceptive of people just sitting there by themselves you can sit there just really think one thought at a time um what else do we have we have the tutoring center two they're really group good group to work with um, where you can have that one-on-one connection helping you with work, Um, maybe talking about other things that you're stressed out about relating to academics they can help you out with. Um, let's see. We have so many. I, mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm going like, to well, miss someone. But And I think, as one myself, our faculty advisors. Yes. Right? Yes. Thank Having you. a conversation <laughs> with your advisor is a great way, or if you're living in res life, your res assistance, mm-hmm. yep. right? Um, and, and they're trained in a lot of different mental health modalities as well. So, excellent. Yes. yes. 
Yes. So, and I think you're going to see that whether you're at SAU or elsewhere. Uh, you know, of course, we loved that we want to share what's going on here, but those are important things to know that you can go to someone and ask mm -hmm. and that they'll help you find your village because yeah. everybody's village looks a little different mm -hmm. even on a on a small campus right i might really want to get engaged in um, certain activities because that's going to help me with my stressors and somebody else that might not be the case mm -hmm. so we can help guide you in that thought process to get you where you your your goals are right and i think that communication is key too for your networking um, a lot of jobs are looking more for experience um, nowadays just because uh, just the different things that they have going on they want to know someone that kind of knows you that can vouch for you so even just getting connected to the different areas on campus having those people that can kind of vouch for you and you can learn from is is really good too and that relates to your mental health because you know you're achieving your values and your goals of what you're probably typically stressed or anxious about too so indeed so you mentioned that you provide some services as well as your team in, in the counseling services um, and but I also want to recognize that we have um, things for folks to learn some of these coping sc skills I wonder if you want to talk a little about about TAO Tao right? oh Tao yes yeah. so um, Tao is something that um, you can get for free. You have to log into. So actually, if you just look up Tau Connect, it's going to be a blue logo. And I often talk about this with the different classes that I go into as well. Or you can also look at our portal page, the SAU Counseling portal page, and it'll get you that direct link. So when you first log in, you create your own account and you have to use the sau.edu email address that you have because, you know, that's how you would get it for free or else you'd have to pay for it with that. So when you make an account, they have different modules that you can click through. There's um, different categories of maybe depression symptoms, anxiety symptoms. Um, if you're interested in different therapy modalities um, for more talk therapy, they do have acceptance and commitment therapy modalities on there as well as cognitive behavioral therapy. And then the category that I like the best is the mindfulness category as they have a bunch of different videos that go through um, maybe just how to re reframe your thought process or what to think about, how to kind of just slow yourself down and think of it one pace at a time. So I really like those mindfulness videos and I often use those the most in the different groups that I have um, on campus. So that's a, that's a little bit about Tao. Um, you, can, you can kind of click through the modules. Some of them are also more training modules of if you're... Um, for substance use or just conflict with uh, relationships. There's a whole whole bunch of different categories that you can try out with Tao. So check it out. Excellent. <laughs> I wonder if you could share coming in, if whether you're a transfer student or a freshman, what are some proactive ways to have that holistic health that we're looking for? I mean, we t we've touched on some activities and things like that, but is there anything coming in that would be really helpful? Oh, sure. Okay, so one of the things that I like people to just be aware of is just how you're processing thoughts and then the different symptoms that you're having. So um, oftentimes it's maybe easiest to just think about that fight, flight, freeze, and fawn response. So that's something I refer back on because we all learn about it in junior high, high school, Typically, we mostly learn more about the fight or flight aspect of it. So the breakdown of those behaviors, just really briefly, is, um, you know, fight. That's more of kind of the aggressive thoughts, um, maybe physically wanting to fight someone or physically get that energy out. 
You can also see that in just the different relationships that you're maybe communicating with. Um, you can also see these things in maybe part of your test anxiety too. So the fight would be more of if the teacher's kind of explaining what's about to happen, you're immediately wanting to argue about it in your head or um, simply not wanting to do it. So then flight would be if you're um, maybe taking a test, you're trying to hurry through and get it over with, or you're wanting to leave the room, you know, leave the conversation, not come back to it if it's a relationship conflict. Freeze, um, that's one that I often have for tests where I look at it and I can't comprehend what the question is asking. I have to keep reading it over and over again, or I just see a blank page even though it's there's a lot of writing on it. So you're just kind of freezing in that moment. Um, staying still, um, not really focusing in on anything. And then fawn is often one that a lot of people don't talk about, but that is more of the people pleasing. Um, maybe for a test you over prepared. So it, it's, it's a lot of over kind of overdoing it. Um, maybe you over prepared for the test, didn't study for the right thing, weren't able to focus. Um, and the fawn one is a good one too, especially for recognizing in different relationships you have to just see the different power dynamics as well. Um, so all of those are essentially what I like people to first kind of cue into if they notice that they're doing that more often than not, then it's better to do maybe some rest and digest responses. So you're able to get that baseline of what your brain feels like when it's actually rested, relaxed, and you're observant to the situations around you. And that would be going into Tao, doing those mindfulness activities, or just taking a walk, um, really focusing in on your senses. If you're sitting in a classroom, maybe you have a pen in front of you, think about the texture of it, what it sounds like, really honing in so you can do some grounding. It's a little bit more of grounding to your reality or mindfulness so you get that baseline. Um, so that is one thing that I would like everyone to be aware of because that just helps with your future careers, future relationships, and just better, you know, well-being, day-to-day functioning. Excellent. And I think understanding that and then knowing where your resources are when those things aren't happening for you mm -hmm. or you're not able to reground yourself yes. is the important piece. Because mm -hmm. then maybe it's those stressors that are putting you past that healthy and productive stage, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we all have those in different points of our lives, whether we're an adult professional or um, a, a student coming in, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that's really important to understand that uh, it's not a about you becoming dysfunctional. It's really about regrounding yourself yes. so that you can be productive. Yep. Building awareness. And maybe sometimes you don't necessarily know the activators or a lot of people say the word triggers, um, but you can say activators too of what's kind of happening to you because it can be a smell. It could it can be someone something someone said you're still ruminating on. So just building your overall awareness of it, that's kind of the first step to knowing what to do and following through with that. So, Excellent. Yes. And and understanding that college life is a place where you are beginning to engage in some of that mm -hmm. exploration. Yes. So giving yourself grace, mm -hmm. I think, is yes. really important to, yep. to also discuss a little bit in that we all are going to make mistakes, but we can uh, find those places, our village, mm -hmm. that's going to help support yep. us in that process. Yes, that all helps, you know, build resiliency and we all go through these changes. You know, what are we going to do about it? What's in our control? Because a lot of people get too focused on what's out of their control, but there's always something that's in your control. Um, it can even just be, you know, your reaction at the time or, or being able to take a break at the time. Um, you can find something, you know, that's in your control. Excellent. I think we have a lot of students, seniors, right, that are looking for schools for next year. And I wonder, we all look for what degrees they offer and what um, sports 
all of those pieces of the puzzle. But I wonder around this realm, what would you be suggesting to parents and, and future students to also look for in their college search? Oh, yes. <laughs> so biased opinion, um, you know, with mental health. Um, I do I do like, and I remember when I was looking for a college too, um, is more my parents looking for what, what seems to be a good fit with the support system. If you're struggling in this one area, um, what are they going to do to kind of help you with those steps? So that support, um, feeling a sense of community, and, you know, here being a small campus too, some people find comfort in the fact that a lot of people know each other and they can have that sense of community. So really just where is your support going to come from and what's kind of giving you, you know, trust your gut too. If your gut, you're walking around campus and you're not having a good feeling, really listen in on that and maybe see, okay, what what's missing that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable, if that answers your question. So. Yeah, it does. And I think being okay to ask that question is mm-hmm. also really important, yes. right? And even if, if you haven't never been diagnosed with something prior, uh, it's not about a diagnosis. It really is about growth mm-hmm. and having, again, that village. Yes. I wonder in the last couple minutes if there's anything else that you feel like you really want to share and give a shout out for. Yes, let's see here. Um, so a couple of events, um, kind of working with the stigma, building awareness and that sense of community aspect. Um, we are starting now to do a huge mental health fair every year. Um, it's probably they're going to be the week or the two weeks before the homecoming week. So that one, we had our first one this last fall and it was really great. I think a lot of people kind of understood the sense of community and um, a lot of what I do too is incorporate different departments and have them be creative of how they relate their department, whatever they're doing to mental health. So it was really cool to see the creativity in that. Um, And then I'm also doing a self-care fair um, that. So I did do that last year, and it was a small one um, with COVID and everything with the restrictions. This year it will be slightly bigger, but not as big as the mental health fair. And I'm not having as many student groups involved because I want it to be, you know, a self-care fair for you to just come up, um, get some goodie bags. We're probably going to have some free tea or lemonade there, too. Um, And that is actually scheduled for May 12th. Um, around noon to two-ish, and that'll be um, right outside Rogo Patio. So even just, you know, bigger events like that, kind of network starting there is usually pretty fun. Yeah, I think um, I I also want to give a shout out that... May is Mental Health Month, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons why we chose this this conversation. So I, I do want to share a couple of things as well. We, we have these types of services on most campuses across the country. I also want to make sure we recognize that we have the... Um, training being done in our in our faculty and our staff and and obviously within those services that you're talking about i i really do want to also recognize that we should give a shout out for the national suicide hotline so yes. if you have suicidal tendencies or anything of that nature that you um have that number available to you mm-hmm. do you have that number awesome i can find it real quick um while i'm looking for that though also on that note i'm i'm very passionate about the topic in general and i'm I have done a few trainings on campus so far this semester with it, and it's been small groups, but they were really great discussion on just what what do you do if you need to help a friend that's in need in that moment. Um, and so here's the number right now, actually, I'll tell you real quick, is 
800-888-8255. And that's the national line. And the national line typically connects you to your more local area. And if you are in the Eastern Iowa side, that would be the Eastern Iowa crisis number. And those guys are great. They come to our um, different campus events all the time. They can come out in person and talk to you as long as you need to. And it's all for free. Um, the, the state county pays for it. So they're really great. And then next year also, we are looking to do more trainings for QPR um, specifically. Um, until then, and you can still do this um, ne next year as well, but we have the Ask, Listen, Refer training that is just 15 minutes online. You just type in Ask, Listen, Refer. You do have to put in your SAU email um, as, as we pray for that service as well. Put that in there and it'll take about um, 15 minutes for you to do. And I always suggest, um, you know, if you're kind of busy or you're unable to necessarily focus on all the um, all what it's saying, maybe take some screenshots on your phone so you can kind of refer back to it later if you're in a kind of a crisis situation or with someone that's needing help. So thank you for bringing that up. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to give that number one more time. 800-273-8255. Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us, and everybody, be healthy. Thank you. Audio production for the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast is provided by KALA-FM Studios in Davenport, Iowa. The show is engineered by Dave Baker. It is produced by Ann Garten, Director of the Institute for Person-Centered Care and Nursing Faculty at St. Ambrose University.